Hello and welcome back to Chatty Soul. This week I am chatting with Stephen Fraser. Stephen is the founder of The Fit Principle and Run Crew Run. Stephen started his gym after seeing a gap in the market. His approach to fitness is different from your commercial gyms. He likes to create a safe, warm and inviting space. Stephen likes to help his clients to the best that he can and has now turned to psychology to help the connection between the body and mind. Although he is still only a psychology student, we talk about this and lots more. So hi, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. Yes, thanks for having me. I'm glad that I could get you. I know your app's always super busy with all your projects that you've got going, so it's really good to have you on. Good stuff. Uh, Yeah, no, it's exciting to be on. And uh, yeah, I'd say... Yeah, congrats, congrats on just starting a podcast. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how it develops. Oh, I know. It's a big step. I think I'm more nervous about this than I was starting a clothing brand, although that didn't last that long. But I feel like this is more putting myself out there. <laughs> just get started then. So you are the owner of The Fit Principle and you are a PT. So what made you start this journey and... Uh, yeah, so my kind of my background's not always been in fitness. Um, for all my twenties, I was actually living in London. Um, I, I was doing digital marketing for record labels in the music industry, um, and it was it was an amazing opportunity, and I loved absolutely everything about it. Um, but kind of as I got further into my career, my priorities started to change slightly. The kind of day to day wasn't that fulfilling anymore. And kind of fitness has always been part of my life. So um, I kind of, I guess the switch happened. I, I did manage to do the London Marathon in 2013. And then I think since that, with all the amount of training and all that kind of stuff, I just decided that fitness is what I kind of wanted to do full time. Um, and I think I re- always remember, I think, like with that race, because there's so many people kind of cheering you on from the sidelines, that kind of buzz of, helping each other kind of really stuck with me and then from there decided right let's get the qualification uh, and see what I could do in that kind of one-to-one teaching space with with pupils um so that was that was all in London and then I decided to kind of move back up here um so I've been back in Glasgow about six years now um and the studio has been going for about three years. And your studio is very different. It's not like your typical gym environment that, for people that have maybe not seen it. It's um, got quite a lot of alternative gym equipment, I would say, isn't it? Like you've got your ropes and balls and hoops and stuff. Yeah, so I'd say to kind of just give it a bit of context, the, the FIT principle, it's spelt with F-I-T-T. It's actually kind of, um, it's based on the construct of how everyone in the world exercises. So it's an acronym. So F stands for frequency. So frequency of exercise undertaken, like your two to three days a week. Intensity, which is the, obviously the intensity of the exercise. So say like your percentage max heart rate uh, time, which is obviously like, it's quite self-explanatory. Um, so like your 20 minute circuits and all that kind of stuff and type is the type of exercise so like your squats chin-ups and all that kind of stuff Um, so that's kind of where I kind of ran with that as a a brand name and then studio wise I think obviously being in London for so long was very fortunate 
um, in the sense that I kind of got used to the the way that those trends and the aesthetics of um, a lot of the London studios uh, kind of go down. And then moving back up here, there wasn't really anything like that. So there's a bit of a gap in the market. Um, so the idea of the studio is to obviously provide a place to exercise, but also a kind of sanctuary f- against everyday stressors. Because I think sometimes we forget that the body is dealing with stressor signals all day, every day. So if you've not, within your life, if you haven't created an environment or time of day to kind of promote anti-stressors, then when you're adding in kind of intense exercise and all that kind of stuff, it can actually just kind of build uh, uh, the stress response rather than actually kind of taking a step back and enjoying the exercise for what it is. Um, so the, the studio itself, it's kind of a bit of a more holistic approach. So there's a kind of biophilic design to it. So there's lots of plants, natural light, and it's hopefully quite uh, inviting um environment which kind of helps counter a lot of those everyday stresses yeah it's definitely not an intimidating environment and for those that are maybe wanting to go to the gym but feel unable to do so because of the environment that they might be judged or put off it's definitely an environment that encompasses that for them that they would be able to come and um, learn at their own pace and have that freedom of movement yeah, and the way the way the studio works is we it's a private space. So it's myself and five other PTs who work out there. So I think one of the main things which you kind of realize when you come into the studio is there's no mirrors. So it takes away a lot of that kind of, I guess, aesthetic uh, kind of focus on exercise and makes you realize how your body moves, how it kind of adapts to stresses of weights, cardio, endurance, and those kinds of things without being like, oh, look what I look like when I'm doing it. So you can have all the, like the, you could be scrunching your face, doing all those PRs and no one, no one's looking at you. Yeah, no, it definitely, like that's a big, big thing, isn't it? For people just to get out there and just try it. Yeah, and I, I think there's, you kind of touched on it there and it's a good point is the fact that there's no one size fits all method for fitness and exercise in general like anatomically there are obviously there's certain movement patterns and parameters the human species can perform but apart from that how you get from like point a to point b is very different person to person so like one diet might not work for one person one workout meditation yoga practice i mean the list kind of goes on so you've got to look at what really works for you definitely and then from you being a PT and having your own gym you have started a psychology degree and do you, did you start this because you felt it was going to help with your performance as a PT or was this just another thing that you wanted to add to your belt? Um, I'd say a mixture of both. Um, I think we kind of we underestimate the how like interwoven the relationship between psychology and exercise is and i think as the fitness industry we kind of do a, a bit of a disservice to psychology by generalizing it as just mindset and doing a couple of kind of uh instagram posts without not much research or kind of theory behind it 
And I think the they have such a profound effect on each other um, that you, you kind of forget that without the psychology part, you, you normally don't get to the movement part because you need to find the motivation. You need to look at um, kind of aspects that you might not be comfortable with, but reframing it in a way that will make you want to go to the gym. Yeah, definitely. So I take it with your um, degree, you have obviously learned a lot. That's one of the main points in the degree. But what would you say, like maybe a standout moment so far of your learning that you've, it's made a big impact on your life and the way that you maybe go around what you teach and how you teach it? Um, I'd say there's there's a few theories out there in terms of uh, kind of confidence in the fact that there's lots of studies that male and females, they kind of work towards goals in slightly different ways. So males have the end goal in sight and that's enough for them to kind of like push through all the the um, kind of tough parts and undulations of the process. But in terms of uh, females, like a bit more kind of milestones throughout the, the progress. So they um, look at feedback and kind of logging um, the performances. And it's a bit more granular in the sense of how they, they work. Um, but I think there's there's a very fine line that needs to, the PTs need to kind of follow in the fact of a lot of people will um, look to kind of voice their problems to you, but you've got to take that step back and realize that you're not qualified in certain aspects to uh, to help in that sense. So it's, it's at the moment, because I'm not qualified in psychology, I'm not going down that rabbit hole um, with my clients. Um, but it definitely does help in terms of how I can have that conversation in my head about the best way to respond to certain questions they have, for sure. And like you said, you're not qualified yet, but do you feel that maybe some of the things that have arisen in your life previous have helped you or gave you greater understanding, like myself as well? Like I went back as a mature student and just within other people within my class and stuff that you talk to, we do broach subjects differently as you're older and I think it's important not to be deterred by going back to learning at an older age because you do bring something different. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, what I'm finding, which is a bit of a novelty, is writing more than 300, 400 words because you get so used to like writing emails or Instagram posts that the idea of writing a two and a half thousand word essay, you're like, oh my God. Um, but actually, I love the long, long form writing. Um, and yeah, as you said, it's kind of you can go back as a mature student with um, kind of the school of life, I guess. So you have you have those experiences that you can kind of work with. And I think if you asked any of my clients, I'm probably the biggest stoic going. So I, I'm very objective with my kind of thinking. Um, and yeah I mean that in psychology is a perfect match <laughs> do you feel like I don't know how many um how old you are on your course if there's people older or younger than you but do you feel like as you are a wee bit of a more mature student that you become kind of like 
a mentor within the class as well, like a lot of people come to you instead of going to a lecturer maybe because you're like the middleman, a wee bit more knowledge than them but not quite as much knowledge as a lecturer? Uh, I think, yeah, a bit. I think obviously this year with the the way the world is and everything being remotely, that messenger role is not as much as it would be in person. But yeah, there's definitely, definitely points to that for sure. And then I know you are part of the Be Well or Be Well Collective. How did that come about? Was that something you were already in before you went back to learning or is that some, a role that you've taken on since going back to learning? Um, so I was part of that before. So the Be Well Collective is basically an initiative in the fashion industry to help um, aid sort of the younger models in the industry through sort of the tough times of just their day-to-day. So there's a panel of experts um, ranging from nutritionists to psychologists to sleep experts and fitness experts. Um, so the the role came around because I'd done a lot of work with Colours Agency in Glasgow. Um, so I've been working with that model agency for about two and a half, three years. And we kind of, we we get each other in the sense that because I am a bit older, it's going back to the the conversation we just had on mature student. You are kind of that older brother looking out for these folk. Um, And yeah, I think that plus having the knowledge of how to, for them to kind of work their bodies safely and not get pulled in different directions by all these kind of gimmicks you see online um, and have actual kind of, processes based on science versus it being marketing based. Definitely. I think it's like a really brilliant um, collective and I don't think enough's done around. Like I know it supports the mental health and fashion as well. Uh, mental health's like a massive issue. It impacts a lot of our lives. But I think as well for all different areas they do need the experts within that field that have maybe worked or been in that field themselves because you get it from a different point again yeah definitely um and yeah they're doing they're doing great work so they're i think yeah this year they've just launched a new campaign with gary barlow uh and a few other people who are obviously gone through those stresses themselves um so yeah can't good praise for them yeah have you worked with anybody like from that in a rehabilitation way that's maybe came out of the modelling industry because of ill health and you've been able to help them like on that path with fitness and body image? Uh, um, not necessarily as kind of like a referral, uh, but it's it's something that i think a lot of these these girls battle with day to day so it's not necessarily uh we've taken the time out someone's come out of the industry but it's just making sure that we have those devices in place whilst they're in the industry to i call them kind of positive anchors so you've got those positive anchors within exercise that you know that that is your the time of the day that you can control so if if the rest of your day is so manic that's 20 to 40 minutes that you are carving out for yourself that's kind of when you can kind of send yourself and under bring it back to kind of you basically yeah no definitely and as you're a busy bee with many many feathers in your bonnet you also just launched a clothing brand run crew run and this stuff is amazing like the reflective jacket wow like it is 
up there. Um, and and this is to help end or help go towards helping end um, youth po- uh, youth homelessness. Sorry. So what made you pick that as a charity or a mission to support? I think. Uh, it kind of goes back to a lot of my overarching kind of wellness goals and philosophies is the fact of like exercise is just a small component in a holistic approach to just everything in life. So you have uh, exercise, nutrition, emotional, um, environmental and it's like social impact in terms of things which which just make you feel good um and the social impact thing with fitness is something i wanted to explore so the the uk fitness industry is worth five billion pounds uh, and it's increasing all the time yet there's people who are barely on that ladder towards any form of good health so it's basically it's about utilizing people who are already in that cycle and how they can you can utilize them to help others so that's where the run crew run side came around so it harks back to my beginnings i guess in terms of running themselves um and yeah just using my passion to build i guess that running the running brand uh, and then all the proceeds yeah go towards end youth homelessness which we did uh, an amazing first launch um so we we launched just before Christmas and ended up funding about, I think it was about 160, 117 nights um, for nights of accommodation for, for people on the streets. So. Like, that's absolutely amazing. And it does, like, no matter how much you study and how financially secure you are and how big your business is, like, if you can't give back, you are missing, like, a big part of life, aren't you? Because right, people helping you get to where you got to, it might not have been possible. So it's like a circle of life. Yeah. And I think uh, it's, it's one of those things, if you think of health as not an individual journey, but one that if you have the expertise, you need to try and help as many folk as possible. Um, so whether it is looking at the run crew run stuff or ideally using the knowledge from the psychology side of things to make that uh, relationship between psychology and fitness a bit more palatable for a general population um and then yeah there's a few other bits i'm kind of like working on in the the background um just to just to look at that social impact and see what else can be done no definitely and you touched on it there briefly like the link between like personal trainers and psychology like that's like really important and something that should be maybe globalised more on a more political level like there's a lot of drives just now you see in the media to end obesity but if you're sending somebody to a PT or a gym that doesn't have any psychological background like is that really the best place for that person to be because there's obviously a lot of ongoing issues there you can't really have one without another at that stage yeah and I think there's the with the BC thing there's also kind of the barrier to entry to fitness for a lot of people is too high Um, so it's about looking at how you can make an offering which is available to anyone wherever because I think 
the fitness industry's kind of got to a point where everyone goes so sort of uh, niche and so esoteric that the fact of just the foundations of general health is lost a bit because you're like, oh, look at this program to get rock hard abs, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, okay, you wouldn't, why do you not frame it as, oh, look at this program, which will help you regulate your insulin so you won't have the component, well, you'll have the components to fight diabetes. So it's like, it's it's that aspect of, I guess, for me, taking that step back from the, the world of what's deemed as kind of fitness at the moment um, and actually trying to build a business or a proposition which can just work more on a functional general health level rather than a kind of an aesthetics level. Yeah, it's like I think there's a big gap between the sports that you learn at school and that level and then going out in the real world as an adult if you've never been part of like a sports club or like anything to then go to a gym environment where you've never used equipment other than like maybe a tennis racket or anything. How do you even get into that? How do you approach somebody that you may in your head or because of social media is dramatised to be unapproachable or judgmental like there needs to be a bridge gap there somewhere doesn't there yeah and I think with any sort of sustainability aspect of things it comes down to education so in terms of education and nutrition and education of exercise um, there are those barriers whether it is a gym membership or the psychological barriers of going to the gym or the cost of a PT because a PT is a, a luxury really. Um, so it's, it's about trying to use our experience and not putting a price point in front of absolutely everything because the people, the people who will come to us, they, they've got past, I guess, that general fitness stage where they, they want to sort of drill down on a certain aspect. Um, but yeah, there needs to be a lot more credible information. I use the word credible um, because there's a lot of information out there, but there's at the moment, there's quite a lot of noise. Um, so I'd say for anyone who's listening, who who's looking at that kind of social media platform is just make sure that that person is qualified to give that advice. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, their education is key, but with with all of us spending more time online, it's funny how that we're actually learning less, that it's not really anything that educational that we're spending all our time online looking. Whereas if we were on on a more educational path or given more educational context across social media, that we would actually all be more knowledgeable and that in itself would trigger a new journey for everyone. Yeah, and I, I think... Obviously, it's, it's the dynamics and it's the modelling of the social media platforms to keep you on there for long periods of time with the infinite scrolling. Um, but you you are the editor of your feed. So if there's stuff in there that's complete rubbish, then you have the ability to unfollow these people. So I think that's something I did at the start of this year is to have a bit of a call of people. I'm like, this stuff is really not benefiting me um and you i have 
kind of mentors and peers in, in the fitness industry that I know, like when these guys post that information's solid, kind of based on solid theories and it's not, I guess the, um, there's, I mean, to put it nicely, there's a lot of noise out on social media. So yeah, just be, just be selective in who you follow. No. So what would be your top like three tips then to pass on in regards to changing, not changing careers, but reaching out and relearning or retraining later on or adding another notch to the knowledge that you already have? Um, I'd say you can always continue learning. There's not a point where you hit X age and go, okay, I've learned everything. I can't learn anymore. It's like you, your brain's got the capacity to keep learning. And, and ultimately, as it, there's so many studies, is if you don't keep your brain active, then that's detrimental later in life. So it's about keeping all those kind of aspects working. Um, there's actually, there's a good app. Uh, this is a bit of a, a, a curve, but there's a good app uh, that I use called, um, I guess, Evaluate, which basically it gives you um, kind of brain skills to do every day. So it keeps you kind of on point. Um, but I'd say back onto the topic, um, the have a don't be afraid to try because any i guess you can always go back um so if it doesn't work out then you know you've got those skills that you've, you were doing before already so you can kind of always find your way back there to a point um but I, I don't know. I'm kind of one of these people who would just go, right, I'm going to do it, see what happens. If it doesn't happen, I'll learn from it. So, and I, I appreciate, I, yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that it's not everyone and everyone has, especially right now, everyone has um, different things going on in life and kind of securities that and sort of like families and all that kind of stuff. So that's more kind of like dramatic right I'm going to drop everything and change career that's not right for everyone but there's a point where you could probably bridge it and do the both things at once so if you are looking at changing career it might be long nights and long days but you you potentially dabble in the the new career and then if it starts to look like financially you can do that full time then that's probably where you could probably take the leap instead. Well, they are great points because you've got four four balls in the air at once and you seem to manage them all and time for some extra podcasts or interviews here and there. So definitely wise words. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you learned something. I would love if you could rate and review this episode. I will be back next Thursday. Chat soon.